0: And welcome to This Movie is Gay, a podcast that takes your favorite apparently heterosexual films and demonstrates why that is in fact not the case. I'm Haley. I'm Emma. And today we are returning to one of the like touchstone classics of our childhoods, mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1996 absolute classic, Matilda.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, our
0: home, the 90s. Our home, the 90s, but also our home this movie specifically like I think that so I went to school with a girl named Mara Wilson so our whole like friend group was particularly sort of fixated on the actor Mara Wilson for obvious reasons weird yeah that's yeah it was spelled differently but yeah so she is it's like a name that has obviously stayed with me and like I just remember her as an actor being like extremely important in my like childhood. One of the first like actors who I remember being like, oh, there's a movie and Mara Wilson's in it. So therefore I want to go see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, she's, she's peak nineties child celebrity, but
1: in a wholesome Mm -hmm. good way. Yeah, in a way, in a way that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we stand. Oh, I mean, for me, it's, for me, it's that like, I looked exactly like her <laughs> you did. Like, i well because the thing is like i if you look at if you look at mara wilson and matilda we were I mean, we commented on the clothes in the peak 90s of the fashions throughout re-watching it but i really did like you know i i dressed exactly like that oh as i had a small several child, of those you know? outfits yeah 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 in their entirety yeah. like the jumper the coat the little shoes the yeah. whole th- the
0: barrettes the whole thing yeah. We're, we're like fully into our own childhood. And I guess this yeah. is the first 90s movie. I mean, it's the first movie we're doing that has children. I mean, I guess arguably uh, Newsies was Newsies. about children, but <laughs> the casting was yeah. not. But like, this is like, this is, we are the age. It was yes. 1996. I think 96. she was like eight. Yeah. And that's like basically how old we were at that time as well. Yeah. yeah. This is our 90s. Yes, this is
1: our 90s fully. And also like as important as all of that backdrop is, I can't, I had a plan to just corner you immediately as this episode started, mm-hmm. just to appeal to the listener and let them know what you did to me. Of me, <laughs> as we were watching, the, the accusation
0: of big oh. Mr. Wormwood vibes. <laughs> Listen, you <laughs> self-identify as a shady bitch and Mr. What? Wormwood... We were
1: watching this film and all I said was, I did say me daily when Mr. Wormwood says I don't have time for all these legalities, to which you said you have big Mr. Wormwood vibes, I won't lie. I appeal
0: to the listener, is that fair? They haven't seen your hat collection, so I don't (laughs) think the listener can comment. The only fedora I own was gifted to me by you. Out of fedora, anyway, we're getting wildly <laughs> off track as usual. Uh, we're talking about Matilda from yes. 1996, uh, directed by Danny DeVito and also starring him, and yeah. as well as Mar Wilson, as stated, Rhea Perlman, Pam Ferris, and Embeth Davids. And I wish we could do like an interactive, like who can guess the other I movie Embeth David's has appeared in on this podcast. Because Friend you said of the pod, you said that, and I spent like the next ten minutes like watching, being like, who is she? I know. And the answer is Mary Crawford. And the Nancy answer is God. Mary Crawford. Two only two
1: years after this. What a and transformation! I know. It's. A, I mean, and the thing is, like, yes, acting, wigs, accents, but still, like. It's
0: unbelievable how different she is. Never would I ever have made that connection.
1: No, the bisexual center of chaos of Mansfield Park is in fact (laughs) this honey, beautiful, utopian teacher queen.
0: Gentle, the gentle teacher lesbian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what we're, that's what we're on about today. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've we've discussed sort of our connections to this film. Do you have anything to add in that respect or shall we... Dive into um, a plot summary.
1: Uh, well, besides the Mr. Wormwood accusation, which is under review, um, <laughs> as, we, as we carry on. Um, no, I saw it as a child in the same kind of spirit of like, you know, I think I, think I saw it at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. My parents actually, you, you know, how like every time we talk about a kid's movie from the 90s, I have to caveat about how my parents either didn't like it or didn't let me watch it. Yeah. This is another one of those. Not Children's we, entertainment was banned from your home. Only entertainment for adults, only sober adult entertainment. <laughs> and that's why I am the way I am today. But um no, I watched it. Um I think that they're they were also very anti-Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, which is another roll doll mm. IP. And just because I think that they were very um, I think that they were put off by the sort of overall overt miasma of child abuse that Roald Mm. Dahl is so interested in in his work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) including both of those films you know the sort of weird vibes of Mm -hmm. um the twisted world that his sort of children have to inhabit I think my parents were like maybe not and so I saw it at a friend's house and had similar like huge pangs of identification with Mara Wilson and also everyone and um hadn't seen it in years and years till we rewatched it for this
0: yeah no neither had I yeah, I see. I feel like really the difference is that your parents were vetting the things that they showed you. Well, whereas my parents were like, oh, this is for children. I'm sure it's fine. Here you go, kid. Here well, go. I mean, that's the thing is they tried, but then I went to boarding
1: school and all bets were just fucked immediately. Yeah, but that was high school. But, that's, you know, you're yeah. out of control by then anyway. That's true.
0: Uh, speak of children going out of control, Matilda. Uh, the movie based on a Roald Dahl novel, reset for the movie from England to America, which right. mostly works until you get to the school. And then you're like, this is meant to be like an English boarding school. Uh, but it tells the story of a precocious girl from a horrible family, um, Matilda, who is extremely bright. She's, you know, reading and walking herself to the library at age four. Uh, and sort of making her way through life until she gets sent to Mahal. <laughs> the dystopic children's, like, elementary school l- ruled by Miss Trenchbull, the, like, crazy and violent headmistress. Uh, but her teacher, Miss Honey, is wonderful and lovely and, you know, teaches and nurtures Matilda, who comes to learn that when she is angry, she has telekinetic powers, <laughs> a la Carrie. That was all I could think about when I was watching it. I was like, what is with, like, Telekinetic powers as a metaphor for the like unbridled rage of young women. Word. Um, but anyway, so she uses those to sort of take down her parents and Miss Trenchbull, um, freeing Miss Honey to reclaim her inheritance, which Miss Trenchbull stole. And then in the end of the movie, I don't actually know or remember how the book ends, but like her parents, because her dad's, you know, a shady car salesman, are fleeing the country to escape. <laughs> Prosecution, uh, yeah. and she stays behind and is adopted by Miss Honey, and everything's lovely. Yeah, and... yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, and then there's like the key famous moments, like when she makes Bruce Bogtrotter mm-hmm. eat an entire cake. We'll get into it. We'll <laughs> get into it. We're gonna get into it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And let's see. I mean, yeah, the Miss Honey's deep dark secret.
0: Yeah, the... which is a bit weird no 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 just like it's a weird phrasing of the idea that like her deep dark secret is neither something she did nor anything that reflects badly on her Mm -mm. no
1: no her deep dark secret is that she's now i had forgotten because her deep dark secret is that she is miss trunchbull's niece yeah but i had forgotten and thought it was daughter
0: oh i knew it was niece because i remembered the father thing Right, of
1: course. Right, 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 right. So there's that whole sort of strange uh, family paradigm that I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, the cake incident looms large. Speaking of our childhood imaginations, the cake yes. incident is big. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and other moments of like small student revolts, which of yes. course were again, big in the
0: 90s. Yes, yes. The th- they put a mute in Miss Trunchbull's mm-hmm. water. That was the one that I really remembered.
1: Uh, also because I'm in love with that small child who yes. plays um, lavender. lavender.
0: Yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's just a you know, for being rolled doll and like the mix of sort of like children blithely accepting abuse, right. but also like rebelling against it, like the net result is very wholesome. Yeah, well, and you know what's interesting is something else when we I mean,
1: to speak of telekinetic powers as a strange, uh you know like outlet of rage or whatever I mean this came out in 96 so it predates but obviously watching again we kept thinking about Harry Potter
0: it is so I was like JK you you done ripped off this story you done read some Matilda
1: Joe. Yeah, yeah I mean it's uh it's it's the whole kind of mode in which she learns that she has these magical powers as you were saying in terms of like When she's angry at her father, when something doesn't go her way. And I mean, the thing is like, it's a brilliant, it's a, it's a beautiful metaphor about powerlessness Mm -hmm. about like, you know, like what if some, somehow magically you could transcend your powerlessness and like, there's nothing more powerless than being like a five-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just like, I mean, you know, of course we can't escape now where we are in culture the harry potter vibes of you know this abused neglected child whose family hates him and yeah you know makes shit disappear and stuff
0: yeah though as we discussed in our harry potter episode this ends where harry potter should have ended with you have your family now and yes. you don't need your powers anymore
1: oh my god what if, that's so true. This is like the, our, our thesis posited in the Harry Potter episode was that that's why everything gets shit after book three is because, mm-hmm. you know, there's briefly a glimmering moment where he could have an alternate family and then instead she destroys it. And this story is where we end with the alternate family.
0: Yeah, and like it ends with like a sweet little montage of them just like playing around and Living. matching coveralls and.
1: Truly the dream.
0: Truly the dream. Mm. Um, So maybe we should dive into what makes this queer because I don't feel like we've quite touched on that in this plot summary, because this is another one where it's a little more oblique perhaps. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that maybe the first thing to start with since we've been talking about Harry Potter Mm -hmm. is another theme that's like recurred throughout the podcast, which is the idea of like, what is going on when your parents just hate you for no reason?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think about where that shows up in the pod because we've had it several different times, but I don't think ever as overtly as the story of Matilda, which is that she is born and immediately they absolutely despise her and don't want her and leave her in the car on the day they bring her home from
0: the hospital. (laughs) Yes, yeah, it's intense. I mean, you know, Denethor gets pretty, pretty... That's true. In the bad parent Olympics, he's up on the platform for sure, but- That's true, that's true. The workloads are a whole new level. But yeah, it is just like, and then like, you know, he introduced, when he, at some point, Mr. Wormwood's talking to somebody, he's like, oh, I have a son, Mikey, and a mistake, Matilda.
1: Which is so weird because it's like
0: there's never
1: anything, the only thing that cult, that like separates her as the movie goes on from her family is like her desire to read and like her, you know, like all they mm-hmm. want to do. They're like, I mean, I guess this is a good piece of directing by our friend Danny DeVito starring himself that like part of the conception of resetting it in America, I think, is this really specific cultural Satire of like these shitty people who are super materialistic and all they care about is money and all they want to do is sit in front of the television together, which is like, you know, the worst cartoon of an American family. And Matilda wants to like go to the library and they think that's stupid and strange. But what's weird about it is that they hate her before any of those habits have had a chance to develop. They hate her from birth.
0: Yeah. She doesn't even have a personality yet. She's a baby. Yeah. It's, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's, as you say, just really overtly and explicitly being like, there's something inherent to you that your parents have a problem with that has mm-hmm. been present from the moment of your birth. Yeah. And I mean, it feels a bit weird to like talk about the sexuality of someone who maxes out at age seven, like by the time the story ends. Maxes you know, out at age seven. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, she does Yeah, yeah but, and, and yet, <laughs> well but i and i think it's i mean i think it has something to do with the fact that like mara wilson has grown up to be like a public bisexual um so there's a sort a lot of sort of retroactive queering sure. of this movie as well but like yeah there is something about the sort of um i mean like joe march esque, yeah. like lonely literary yes girl yes Yes, it's a lonely nerd
1: thing. I mean, the thing is I'm glancing at my notes and I know I think we texted this when we were watching it but there's literally, this is a note that just says crying into a book, gay. Uh, because like that's that's the picture that we're given of her childhood. She's like become totally self-sufficient until she goes to school. She has no friends. Yeah. And and like, you know, she's, she's crying into Moby Dick because her dad won't let her read Herman Melville at age six.
0: Yeah and it's the fantasy as well of like the lonely child who wants to be friends with the teacher more than they want to be friends with anybody in their class because like there are there is like a cast of fellow students and like there's a moment where she calls lavender this other girl in the class her best friend but like that's not actually a relationship that gets developed in any way it's just sort of like oh yeah they're here and they talk to each other and they're nice to each other but like it's not a friendship that means anything in the narrative No, it's incidental. And I mean, you know, in terms of our forever thing about like, you know,
1: beneath the set dressing, there has to be a structural thrust that makes it feel um, queer in some kind of way. The thing that I really kind of hadn't forgot, hadn't remembered, and then upon seeing the movie again, it's like the, the connection is so two-sided like it's Mm -hmm. so I'm really interested and I think we'll come back to it a million times in the fact that like Miss Honey needs her at least as much as she needs Miss Honey yeah and that was kind of a thing that I had forgotten about is that actually like a lot of what happens is that in the liberation narrative it's Matilda that's doing all the liberating and it's Miss Honey the adult who needs to be saved by Mm -hmm. her and that is really interesting you know is that there's something Matilda's precocious in all of these ways but one of those ways is it is it like incredibly innate and immediate understanding that like this person is lonely in a way that I am lonely and I can help them
0: yeah well they have this really when they first meet in like the classroom they have this sort of like mystical connection moment of a type that we've talked about a lot, but I mean, obviously between an adult and the child, I mean, let's just blanket, you know, Yes. disclaimer, we're not saying there's something like weird between Matilda and Miss Honey, except for the fact that they're just two little lesbians who eventually mm-hmm. become mother and daughter. Become a family. Mm-hmm. Um, But where, you know, Matilda's demonstrating her encyclopedic knowledge of everything. And like Miss Honey <laughs> is just like gazing at her in awe that like, she can multiply huge numbers and like she sort of you know starts quizzing her and it's just the moment of just like oh my god oh and then they do the like what do you read it's like oh I like to read Charles Dickens I also love Charles Dickens like you know have like a
1: deep emotional connection moment about Dickens and it's just like there it is man
0: yeah it's very uh yeah you're just like oh they're you know, she's a teacher, all the children love her. She loves all the children, but here is like something different and special. I mean, it reminds me of Lupin and Harry. I was just gonna say, I mean, it's our,
1: it's our, also, it falls into the inspirational teacher, you know, trope that we've seen a lots of times of like, there's, well, and it falls outside of the teacher thing too. There's that the consistent thread that often pops up of like i see something special in this kid and i have to nurture it and also mm-hmm. this the the implication that the special thing is a thing that i recognize because i share it mm-hmm.
0: yeah well because i mean we were joking but it's like partway through the movie miss honey essentially gives matilda an it gets better speech that's what it is by way of telling matilda a very thinly veiled story of her own terrible childhood where she was yes. abused, et cetera. And saying like, but then the girl escaped and got out and it's fine. And that's going to happen for you too. It's very much like, we're the same.
1: It's incredible. And the thing is like, she tells the part that I kind of like really sticks with me is that she tells the story. And then Matilda says like, that's, that's sad. And Miss Honey says the end is happier. And you're just like, that isn't it gets better speech. It's mm-hmm. just like, you're, a, you know, like, it's possible to be abused and lonely and misunderstood and then in the end to find like a happy place. But what's interesting too about that is that like the ending that Miss Honey is talking about at that point isn't even the ending. You know what I mean? Is that she's actually, she's actually still like under the sort of, she's totally still oppressed and not, and not in her fullest happiness either. And that doesn't even happen until like they have their double happy ending.
0: Yeah. And also that the happiness that she, I mean, this is like sort of very rolled doll, I guess, is like the happiness that she envisions is like, what she literally says is like, you'll get out someday too. It's like, you're telling a six-year-old, like, just wait till you go to college. Like she has twice her entire life to wait before that happens. Like, but right. it is not about sort of being like, your family will come to love and understand you or like, right they'll begin to see who you really are. It's like someday you'll be able to just get the hell out. Don't yeah. like, that's the only solution.
1: Yeah, yeah. Someday Actually. you'll be like out of their power, which is great because I guess that's why Matilda is such a fun, like is such a lovely figure because that kind of ending isn't good enough for our child protagonist. So mm-hmm. instead she's like, I will affect the ending that I need and I'll do it now, you know? I'll and create- it's
0: like- an actual, that, yeah, I mean, that it's not enough to be like, don't worry, someday you can leave your family. It's like, no, you yeah. should get to have a family. Yeah. But it should be a, a non-shit one. Yeah. Yeah. oh But it does, like, there is something in, like, you know, this joking about it gets better speeches and, like, the idea of something being born this way, etc of like, yes. yeah, sorry, sometimes there's nothing you can do to get your family to see and understand you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that is
1: it's really that is a really kind of powerful that's an interesting lesson for a children's film of the 90s isn't it in terms of like you know there are just there are situations that won't be improved yeah just they'll just have to be changed like you'll have to find yourself in a new situation and then you'll be free
0: yeah there are people who just suck and like I feel like usually and I think this is obviously from doll not from the screenwriters but you know that's why it's usually like the step-parent or even like Miss Trenchwell it's like she's her aunt she's not her mom like we try and displace that unshakable evil for lack of a better word away from the parents most of the times because I think people are like uncomfortable with the idea that like the lesson is reject your parents and find different ones but ultimately for Matilda it's like no those are that's her mom and dad she's not adopted she's it's not like Harry Potter you know it's not that she was left on their doorstep yeah that's her parents somehow
1: I know that's really intense actually I mean I think that is the the sort of disturbing current inside of it is like Mm -hmm. I mean, it is actually quite weird when sweet little Mara Wilson toddling around, you know, it's weird when she calls them mom and dad. It feels weird.
0: For some reason in my memory, like I always somehow like displace them and I'm like, oh, but they're not like her parents somehow, but they are. I know. I know.
1: And then the mom has that like interesting when later, I know we're jumping ahead, but like later when, um. When they say goodbye, when they're like on the run, Mm -hmm. there's that one little moment that the mom has when she decides to sign the adoption papers and she's like, Matilda, you're the only daughter I've ever had and I've never understood you, not one little bit. That's yeah. what she says, and then she signs it away because, like the, you know, and I feel like Danny DeVito, who also narrates, which is kind of amazing, has like a piece of voiceover that's basically like, and then they did the only good thing they've ever done, and they let her leave the end. Yeah, well, like, it is
0: yeah, you're like, I've never understood you. And it's like, did you try?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but just that the 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 storytelling is really really overt. It's just mm-hmm. like there is something there is a an inescapable chasm between this child and where she came from and the only resolution is we
0: have to acknowledge that not try to change anybody yeah not even these people for the like we don't there's no point trying to change them for the better and that's what the sort of narrative is with Miss Trenchful as well and maybe we could transition into talking about her because she's another interesting figure in this movie. But you know, it's like, yep. I mean, it's more typical, of course, in a children's movie or book to be like, there's the big bad guy and we just wreck them. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting yeah. for that same lesson to kind of apply to the parents as well. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, there's several, there's layers of badness in Matilda, you know? And it's just like, that's what's so interesting about it is like the Wormwoods don't understand her. And then she gets to school, which should be the, which should be the beginning of getting out and getting, and being saved. And then school is presided over by
0: another yeah. monstrous
1: woman. Yeah,
0: yeah, let's let's
1: deal with her. Let's get into it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to like linger on that point you just made for a second of like, mm-hmm. it is this weird, like the, the day she first comes home from school, she's seen Miss Trunchbull throw a girl by her pigtails Um, through a window (laughs) window, but also had her first like kind of class and meeting with miss honey she comes Mm. home and her mom's ignoring her and like the mom's complaining about the kids on the phone and she's like oh six hours of school isn't enough and matilda goes tell me about it or something like that and it's like she loves like it's a weird it's the the contrast between like school is the location of the like oasis that is miss honey but right. also, it's sort of contained within right. the nightmare of Miss Trunchbull is like a right. very odd. Yeah, it is. It is. It's not allowed to be an uncomplicated, kind of. No, escape. you know, in a way, it's a really
1: well structured journey because, because of Miss Honey and her issues, mm-hmm. Matilda's like the, the. That's how. Escaping her home life and fixing the school turn into one thing mm. where, where she ends up fixing school and ending up in the right home you know it's an interesting thing that it turns into it's two problems, but it turns into one solution to both It's really smart yeah which is interesting. I can't think of another story that sort of shapes like that because obviously like you know the, the Harry Potter analog you know that we've been making is like obviously trouble exists at Hogwarts because you know uh, all of the evil reasons but like the school itself is the escape from the terrible family and the friend group is the escape mm-hmm. from the terrible family mm-hmm. you know and it's like this is shaped very differently than that
0: yeah hobarts is only ever an oasis essential like you know there's yeah. times when it sucks but like yeah symbolically it's always that symbolically it's the escape yeah. exactly but yeah it makes sense it's like it can't just be that Matilda goes to school and everything's fine there it's like she what no. she needs to do is also extricate Miss Honey so they can have a family not just a school exactly and then it fixes
1: both it's Mm -hmm. really really interesting that way but yeah Mm -hmm. which I guess is why the Wormwoods and Trenchbull are related problems it's like the forces that hate children and the forces of the forces of sort of childhood innocence that need to be allowed to develop and be appreciated you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's children versus bad adults
0: yeah I mean I'm Miss Huddy in the middle as like an adult but also like an adult who is still at the mercy of another adult. Like, I mean- Yes. I don't know how old embeth Davids was, but sort of watching it, I'm like, oh, so she's like in her twenties. Yeah. <laughs> like she's very young. I mean, Miss Honey, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, the t- yeah, the
1: character anyway. I mean, I have thoughts about this because of how they, I have thoughts about this because of the montage that we were mentioning about how they end up at the end is like, mm. and also because of what Miss Honey's pain is and what mm-hmm. needs to be like, there's a weird thing where it's almost like, what what ends up, their happy ending is about them being kids together yes and that might be what a queer utopia is but we'll get to that <laughs> you know what I mean is that there's something like you know it's like Miss Honey is at the mercy of oppressive adults and therefore in the structure she's also a child
0: like yes. yeah I definitely had this thought not to skip ahead too much watching that ending montage of like <laughs> this is where my brain is at these days my toxic broken brain it's like they're like playing around and I was like how are really prepared to be a parent? Like, does she know? And then I was like, well, she's a teacher. So she obviously understands like setting boundaries. And like, cause it is just, I'm like playing and being kids together. There's really no yeah. sense. It looks like a, it looks like an older sister and yes. her, you know, a yes. younger sister, not a mother. <laughs> it's not an image of nurturing no. and protection no. and care because something that I was actually going to say a minute ago was like, it's, yeah, there's this sort of transition. I'm sorry, we're jumping all over the place, but it's good. we're like doing it. We're doing it. We're uh, doing it is that, you know, at the end, Matilda loses her powers. It's kind of implied. Or it's like she only ever uses them to, they're like, show she uses them. I think in the book she loses them. But mm-hmm. in the movie, it's like, you know, she never did them. Oh, well, sometimes it's her like pulling a book off the shelf for them to read together. But the sense yeah. is like the real fire of it is, is gone because she doesn't need it anymore. Yes. And there's something in the idea that like she, like you were saying, like she rescues Miss Honey. And I was gonna say like, so it's maybe this sort of, Inversion of like she has to be kind of a parent to Miss Honey so that Miss Honey can be the parent to her. But like that isn't really if that was the story, then this montage would be a tale of her finally being nurtured and cared for and this really self-sufficient girl not having to look after herself. But instead it's an image of two kids playing together, and you kind of get the feeling that, like, yeah, they both they both are kids and they both are adults at the same time. And like Matilda is not wholly. It's not. Yeah. I think, yes. I think that's, what's interesting about it. I'm, I'm, I'm going
1: to c- continue circling it because yeah, I think that's what it is, is a vision of domestic, a fantasy of domestic life without authority. They're equals.
0: Yeah. There's no longer someone, there's no
1: discipline. There's no,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's and so smart.
1: It's really interesting because it's like, well, what does that mean? What kind of family is that? Do we have a name for that?
0: Is that, that's not what, a, is that a parent? Is it? Yeah, well, because it kind of goes back to from the beginning and like thinking about watching this movie as a kid, right? the sort of montage that happens at the beginning of Matilda, like living her own life. Like, cause her mom, like it's like her family, her whole family leaves. Her mom's like, there's soup on the stove. And like, I just have this very vivid memory of the image of her taking down this tiny, tiny, it's not even Mara Wilson yet. It's a younger, smaller child. Like a three-year-old actor. Like taking down the pot with the soup in it, dumping the soup in the garbage and then making herself pancakes, reading the newspaper and then setting off to go to the library. And as a kid watching that, you're like, this is the dream. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen like yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Amazing. No, not every, that's genuinely everything you need to know that's so funny I'm just imagining the two of us as small girls in the 90s going all I want is a paper and time to go
0: to the library to make these perfect pancakes by myself like Alone. it's like it is uh, like uh, there's something about the sort of fantasy of autonomy as a child that, like yes I think it's uh, old watching this when you're older you're like this is cute but of course on some level horrifying disturbing yes yes but as a kid you're like yes Mm -hmm.
1: that's so true as a kid it makes sense as a kid you're like fabulous get out of my way yeah like you know just let me live my life i know i could Exactly. Whereas like, yeah, that's so interesting. It really is the distance. I mean, God, we're going to get into some fucking emotional inner child shit if we keep going down this road, but like, let's go. But we're going. But the thing is like, I think that that's, you can't help but feel weird about, about having felt that when you're 30 and you're watching Matilda, because then, I mean, cause that's the thing is like, I'm
0: literally watching at the- my parents' house and I'm just like, mom, make me lunch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's weird because, um, Danny DeVito has that
1: voiceover in the very beginning that we both commented on because we thought it was funny, but Mm -hmm. it's sort of at the core of this where he says, uh, like, because she was like fucking ignored by her family, he has that line where he's like, so Matilda learned to do what most people learn to do in their early thirties, take care of herself. (laughs) And it's so funny because it's like, you look at this child and you have those, you remember the child logic of it, of like, yes, I want the pancakes, I want the paper, I want to walk to the library alone, everything's actually fine but you look at it with the pain and the distance of like ho- of knowing that actually what you need is to be nurtured and yeah. so,
0: you know it's sort of like and there's something then fascinating about the fact that her sort of reward and happy ending takes yeah. place within the child logic not stepping back to the adult logic of saying right. okay but what this girl actually needs is for someone else to make the pancakes that's right. which would be such an easy and still joyful yes. button, like bookend montage to do. of like, have Miss Honey make her pancakes. But it's like, no, they're going to play together. Yeah. It's going to be the child thing of like, no, no, don't worry. She's not being sent into another situation that's going to take away her autonomy. She's mm-hmm. going to be allowed to be a seven-year-old adult. Yes. Well, and
1: I think in a way, gosh, I think in a way it's, yeah, this is hard to work out because it's like, I can't help feel looking at the montage at the end that partly what it's about is about miss honey, getting to have the happy childhood that she didn't get. Yeah. And therefore Matilda getting to have the happy childhood that she didn't also hadn't got until that point. But, um, there's that voiceover that's so devastating where Danny DeVito is like, you know, she learned something that she'd never known that life could be fun
0: or something like
1: that. And it's like, Jesus Christ. But part of you is also like, yeah, where's the grown up? Yeah. like, and, and in a way the sat, the, the bittersweetness of it is like, if you've been an, if you've been that autonomous child and you've learned to take care of yourself and you've made your own pancakes since you were four, you sort of never, you can't go back again. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you sort of can't become a child that someone makes the pancakes for, you know what I mean? Like in a certain sense, like you're the boss of yourself forever. If you were the boss of yourself at four.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's even down to like the moment where she's like, Miss Honey adopt me. And she's like, Oh, it's I've got the adoption papers already. Like it's not even in that last moment. It's not Miss Honey who gets to step in. It's all she has to do is say yes but Matilda's already got it sorted. She architects her entire
1: happy ending. Yeah, her entire sort of destiny. And and in a way that will allow her, yeah, to continue living her life uninterrupted. And like supported, but not as a regular child. She'll never be a regular child.
0: No, she lives with her roommate, Miss Honey. I mean, like even like Miss Honey comes to- you know, she goes to the wormwood's house shortly after she meets Matilda to try and convince them that Matilda's right. a genius. And she's like, I think she could go to college in a few years. <laughs> yeah. So the way I it's know! like you're like, Yeah, so it's like, you know, three or four years it's gonna be this 10-year-old going to college living with her roommate, Miss Honey, <laughs> you know. I know that's what's so weird about the whole thing, is it's like, yes, there is a happy ending here,
1: but also that kid isn't isn't an adult. You know, like part of me is like, Yes, I know that, I know. It's taking it very seriously to be like, Matilda's not emotionally mature enough to go to college at 11 years old. But frankly, this kid needs to be socialized normally, man. Yeah,
0: but I mean, fuck. But there is something so, I think that's maybe why this movie made the impression that it did is because it just exists wholly in the child fantasy logic. It never tries to step in with the parent approved responsible, no. happy ending of, like, Matilda no. goes to therapy and, yes, you know, yeah, she actually, she, yeah, she goes to boarding school for a while where she can be immersed in, you know, yeah. like,
1: Re-intro- reintroduced to society. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and you know what's weird is, thinking back to watching it as a child, I remember never feeling, um, I never felt worried for her, about the parents, even as disturbed and horrible as they yeah. are. As a child, you understand that there's nothing that they can do
0: to her. And they certainly keep a bright line of the Wormwoods are not physically abusive. She is clearly yeah. fed, she has clothes. Like yeah. there is no question, it's purely emotional neglect. It is never yeah. even hinted at being yeah. physical abuse or neglect. And I think that's really important in maintaining that feeling for a kid unlike Miss Trunchbull who will beat you up and lock you in a closet
1: right which is yeah (laughs) I mean she's well and that's the thing is like the sort of dark hints of like Miss
0: Honey had a worse childhood yeah I mean they Miss Trunchbull (laughs) says she broke her arm once like she did physically abuse her yeah 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 which like frankly you
1: know that's why Miss Honey needs to be saved and rehabilitated herself because she has had she's had a hard time yeah but yeah, I mean, it's these two ch- child adults. It's an adult that's a lot like a child because she hasn't processed her trauma and a child that's a, lo- a lot like an adult because she's been left to fend for herself. Yeah. And she's like preternaturally brilliant. And like these oppressive forces are, like you say, like neglect and, you know, comical stupidity on the one hand <laughs> and and like real...
0: Real stuff of nightmares on the other. Yeah. So. It's reminding me of my favorite time. There's a musical of this corner, uh, with Haley.
1: <laughs> we love that soapbox for you. And now
0: time for this <laughs> is also a musical
1: with Haley Backrack,
0: Um, and the the total musical is sweet, fine. Um it, I mean it was very well received uh, but there's a really beautiful number that the kids all sing called When I Grow Up which is about all the kids sort of fantasizing about what it'll be like when they are grown-ups and have this autonomy that we're talking about mm-hmm. and then at the very end in a guaranteed tearjerker Miss Honey has a verse then she did <sighs> like uh, the lyrics unchanged it's like when I grow up I'll be brave enough to fight the monsters that you have to fight or something like that and it's just mm-hmm. like Sorry, I'm having a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you. I'll put the link to the YouTube video of their devastating Tony's performance uh, in the description. You will Please. cry. Uh, but it, and it's it's exactly that. It's like she is one of the kids and doesn't. Unlike Matilda, has yeah. grown up without the stuff she needs to kind of survive. Jesus. as an yeah. adult in the world well and it's like she's not magic
1: matilda yeah. affects the escape through being literally magical <laughs> and so the thing about it is like yeah she's this like there's a sort of you know um latter day princess in a tower situation going on with miss honey you know where mm-hmm. she's sort of imprisoned by an oppressive power and she needs a magic child to save for her
0: yeah i mean let's talk about because i said we we're going to talk about with trunchbull and then we're, we didn't but we're it's gonna like, get and it requires literal magical intervention to bring her down yes, like there's a moment when you think they've done it and then she just like they go to her matilda goes to her house and like creates this kind of whirlwind terrifying nightmare evening where she sort of you know implies that it's the ghost of Miss Hattie's father like haunting her and we've been told Miss, like Miss Trenchville's super superstitious and like this will really freak mm-hmm. her out and it's like but that's right. not enough it's not enough no it requires no. Also, even was, more sort of right. supernatural intervention
1: Right, 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 right. And in a way, weirdly, it has to take place the same, the haunting that Matilda sort of affects has to take place both in the home and at the school in order Mm -hmm. for it to work. We've got to clear both of the, it's interesting.
0: Mm, Yeah, get her out of both spaces. Because then at the end, they say, Miss Honey takes over the school. Right, right. We have
1: to exercise all trunchbull spaces in order to get her out of there. Also, I was just going to sort of grace note. It is people probably know this, but I always forget. It is heavily implied that the reason that the haunting is effective is that Trenchbull killed her brother, Miss Honey's father.
0: Her brother-in-law, I think. I think it's the sister's, mm. the sister's sister. Mm. And this is, actually, no, I remember this because I was like, oh, there's the displacement. It's the sister's stepsister. So she's not even a blood relation. She's not a blood
1: relation. Of Miss Honey. Interesting. Or the, wife, the, wife's, the wife's stepsister. Right sure yeah okay which so, i guess is
0: partly explain why they have different
1: last names but like she's an aunt-in-law yeah right but um
0: but yeah it's trunchbull time yeah it's yeah i mean so let's like dive into something that i think is maybe we should save for later but we'll start with it because i mentioned the musical and of course one of the features of the musical is that miss trunchbull is written to be played by a man yes um, which I then sort of retroactively transpose in my brain to being the case in the movie as well, which of course it's not. Uh, but I think says a lot about the sort of- it does. Energy of the character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is like, there's a
1: lot of queer energy in Matilda. We've talked about a bunch of the, we've talked about lonely children, outsidership, magic as an allegory for otherness, but like the sort of- mad child hating lesbian in the room is (laughs) can we talk about my favorite joke in the whole movie yes okay (laughs) we're gonna spend like 10 minutes on this and it's gonna be worth it i swear to god because i could not stop laughing okay so how do we Shall I set so, this up by doing the rhyme? What would no, you no, like? no. So let's,
0: let me set some, let me set some. Go, go, go. So the set the scene. So it's like it's a thing. It's like Miss Trenchville will randomly show up in the classroom to terrorize different teachers. And so she shows up in Miss Honey's class and she's scaring all the kids. And she's like, "What have you been learning?" Um, and the, the little girl who got flung by her pigtails is like, "We learned to spell the word difficulty." And she's like, "You couldn't spell the word difficulty." And they're like, "She taught us a rhyme." And she's like, "A rhyme? This is bullshit." So they decide to do the rhyme <laughs> they learned the rhyme.
1: the rhyme they learned which is that little child uh eloise or some shit they all have know. really british names i know they, like, it's very did funny. not relocate them um that the worst one is
0: hortensia which they only say once because i think they realize like we can't just go around saying hortensia
1: lavender and bruce are pretty british too though. yeah but um that kid So the kid quaking in front of Trunchbull very quietly and then gets the class to join in as she goes, says this, Mrs. D, Mrs. I, Mrs. F, F, I, Mrs. C, Mrs. U, Mrs. L, T, Y, to which Trunchbull screams, why are all these women married? (laughs) I could
0: not handle my shit why are all these women married that's just when i go around like that's the that's the background track to like my all my thoughts <laughs> I was going to say, the background
1: the background track to all of my thoughts is the super cut that we'll eventually put together of all the times Matilda tells her parents that the boat salesmen outside are actually cops. It's just like this recurrent thing where she keeps walking in and going, they're cops, cops, they're cops. The best one is she goes,
0: and some people are cops.
1: And some people are cops. Um, it's so funny. But, anyways, why are all these women married? And the thing is, like, the deal with Trunchbull because I sat and thought about it and I was like, all right, the reason we can deal with Matilda as a, as a cultural artifact and still love it is that there is something that feels so queer independently and together about both Matilda and Miss Honey. Mm -hmm.
0: But then over here, (laughs) we have the butch phobic elephant in the room.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. And it is not cute. And like,
0: the way they, it's just oh god I mean they just go out of their way so much to talk about how ugly she is I'm like yes. I know there's this dumb roll doll quote that goes around that's like no you see nice people always look beautiful no matter what they actually look like because their goodness shines out and like right. ugly people like mean people look ugly no matter how handsome they are because you sense right. their meanness and you're like that's not what you're doing dude that's you not what you're doing here all your bad guys ugly and all your <laughs> good guys yeah beautiful yeah
1: she's like (laughs) I mean and you know what's interesting too is that I couldn't I'm usually really good at remembering what actors are um at at placing casting Mm -hmm. like and and remembering where I've seen people Mm -hmm. and because of what they do to our friend Pam Ferris who is a great actress who is so wonderful in so many things I could I didn't recognize her Mm. i had to i had to look it up i was like who is this trunchbull and how is she how has she done this Be, and it's really interesting because they make her so she's like what yes. else has she been in
0: i, I know the name uh, and i don't actually know her like filmography sorry I don't. a lot sp-
1: a lot of british television right. rosemary and time um called the midwife oh um uh, yeah, she's, she's recognizable in a lot of mm-hmm. of sort of British um, film and TV. Mm. And um, usually just as a very kind of like, you know, she's like, very lovely and sort of,
0: you know. Yes, I've read and heard that like in the behind the scenes, she was like incredibly kind and worked yeah. really hard to make sure that the kids yeah. wouldn't be afraid of her in real life right. so that she could like go ham on screen and boy does she go ham
1: and the thing is it is a great performance but I was gonna say she
0: does seem like she's having a great time oh my god
1: she's she's absolutely chewing the scenery I mean she's murdering it but the thing is like you know we're talking about like I really feel we must paint the picture we're talking Mm -hmm. about like really horrible knee, knee height athletic socks we're talking about really unflattering shorts and somehow an incredibly built out shoulder at the same time there's like a mm-hmm. military jacket belted at the waist with yeah. a horrible short yeah and her hair is back in this awful bun they and fuck it like up, looks really oily teeth. yeah yeah they mess up her teeth she wears oh my god they put her in like they put her in like an athletic like a college sweatshirt and a fanny pack at some point and at that point it's just like all right all right everyone and like you know she's a she's a former olympian whose events were the shot put the javelin and the hammer throw yeah which is is how she has you know the strength to throw children over fences
0: which is like when it gets into like so you're just making fun of the fact that she's a that she's physically strong strong. (laughs) like that's the joke it's like oh my god a woman doing the hammer throw Yes, that <laughs> You're is like, the okay. joke. I
1: mean, that's that's the thing we have to deal with here is that on a some level, on, on every level, Trunchbull's lack of femininity is the joke. Yeah. And the thing is like, and also, I mean, like, you know, uh, you got to deal with the fact that this is a film with a child hero and this is a, the villains of the piece hate children. Mm-hmm. And she is so much more monstrous than the Wormwoods even. There's because a thing going on
0: an unmaternal woman yes you're that's such a great point that's
1: it it's just the thing of like because the wormwoods have another child and also they're really really they're really really uh gendered in a very kind of american (laughs) cishet kind of way but like the joke of trunchbull and the sort of horror nightmare of trunchbull is like is this is it monstrous to be a woman who hates children
0: yeah yeah who becomes a teacher (laughs)
1: Yeah. For some reason. Who takes over a school.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like if you were going to try and justify it, you'd be like, well, the problem is that she has taken on this role, not because she just hates like she's not going around passively hating children. She's put herself in a position where she gets to actively hate children. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, she does
1: she does a lot of really horrible things, but it's so I mean and the thing is we haven't we said we would mention the cake episode and we haven't yet because it's not germane to Matilda life particularly Mm -hmm. but it's just like an example of Trunchbull's reign of terror that loomed large in the imagination of all children of the 90s Mm -hmm. is that um the wettest cake ever made really like shot to look so wet it's just so (laughs) dank in like the worst way it's like the dankest cake dank dank
0: not like some dank weed but dank like a cave like a moldy cave
1: (laughs) Hank like a seller. Yeah, it's really <laughs> like so. Also, the rampant fat phobia of the '90s. There's a there's a yeah. fat kid as the butt of every joke in in one of these movies. It's well, and just they so really intense.
0: and they, they are. It's Miss Trenchful's size. Like she's not fat, like at all. No, she's big and muscular. But they sort big. of make a lot of jokes about her size as well.
1: They do. But poor Bruce um, is the token fat kid, and the joke of the, the like the episode is that he ate a piece of cake that was hers. And she is so, again, monstrously gluttonous and vindictive that what she makes him do is eat a piece of cake in front of a school assembly and that's fine. And then she has a cook from Out of a Nightmare (laughs) bring the rest of this gargantuan cake out. And then he has to eat it in front of the assembly. And then it's another like, sort of like Matilda fight the power moment where she starts like chanting his name and all of the assembly starts chanting his name and he turns into like a folk hero, but like- It's great. And there's also the thing though, about like Miss Honey's baggage about Trunchbull eating her chocolates out of her father's chocolate box and stuff. Like gluttony is one of her things.
0: Yeah, but sort of like possessive, prissy gluttony.
1: Yeah.
0: Like eating a single chocolate and counting how many are left. Yeah, like a gross old lesbian would do. <laughs> you know, like you those know. gross... <laughs> Proverbially, she's just counting chocolates like a gross old lesbian, <laughs> as they say. You know how the old saying goes. She's <laughs> counting her chocolates like a gross old lesbian. <laughs> uh, I'm but- sorry, our <laughs> brains are broken. Um, <laughs> but that's... The thing is, like, the... the it's... It's bad that stuff. It is and I think there's something interesting in like so in the musical the role was originated by Bertie Carvel who I think is an incredible actor. Uh, I love him and they're making a movie of the musical and Trunchbull will be Emma Thompson. They've rewritten oh. it and sort of backtracked and I think that maybe in the intervening years since the musical came out like almost 10 years now I think Mm. they have perhaps realized that having it be played by a man is reinforcing some weird, like, yeah. which phobic, transphobic yeah. stuff in that right. character.
1: Right, right. Just, and the thing, I mean, I'm not surprised they did it. And when I first heard that it was being played by a man when the musical was happening.
0: Well, it's English. It, so you're like, yeah, it's like a whole panzo, pan- It's, yeah. yeah,
1: right. It's that tradition. But at the same time, there is because of all of the things we've described like because of what trunchbull is in the narrative it's a she, you know she's a, a despotic gluttonous gross old woman, woman who hates children the thing about that of like just tipping it all the way into a woman like that must be a man really mm-hmm. yeah is when you examine it pretty intense <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's like her monstrousness extends to like she can't. Yeah, she can't even really be a woman, right? Because women who hate children. Right. I mean, it
1: is, and I mean, yeah, it's that's fascinating, really. Now I'm curious about whether or not they'll be able to bear uglifying Emma Thompson to that extent, and I bet not.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Emma Thompson has uglified herself in enough roles that I'm sure she will. She, she will has put up a good fight. She has.
1: I'm interested in what that would be. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. she's capable of literally anything. She's a god on earth, so you know, I'm sure it'll be amazing. But like, yeah, yeah, there's something a little bit heroic about how hardcore Pam Ferris goes in this movie.
0: I'm like, it's it's part of it. Again, it's like the thing that made me not sort of too uncomfortable with the way they treated the character to kind of enjoy it was how much fun Pam Ferris is clearly having. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. There is just no shred of humanity in the performance. No no
1: and I mean did you find I mean why are all these women married is like our forever uh that's I mean it just it just ruined me it just blew me over (laughs) but like were there not moments even as gross and as like butch phobic and sort of awful as it is she revels in it so hard. Were there are there not moments watching Matilda now where you were like that's iconic trench ball. Like, yeah, you know, like I like,
0: mean on some level children do suck. <laughs> I mean, right? Like there I love, are like, there I, are, mean,
1: I mean I like kids, no, but <laughs> no one here wants to throw anyone out a window by their pigtails. I'm just saying. Like there are there are there are moments where you're like hell yes Agatha, you get yours. Like <laughs> oh, fuck
0: oh uh, yeah yeah it's, it's mostly the why are all these women married? it's so funny well like she so like matilda's dad sells her like a shitty car and she like uh. ra- threatens to rain vengeance down on him and you're just like yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. legit at least you're like an equal opportunity like yeah she yeah, hates yeah, yeah, everyone
1: yeah, yeah. she does she's just a hateful she's a hateful bitch yeah but like yeah, there's just, it's a really, really interesting dichotomy because, mm-hmm. because of the sort of hyper femininity of Miss Honey.
0: I was going to say, we have the nice, Miss Honey. yeah, we have the nice soft femme and yes. the bull dyke who literally has bull in her name.
1: Yes. I mean, this is the thing is that it's like, there's a sort of, and you know, because they are in some respect related, that didn't have to be the story. That is the story. Miss Honey lives in like, a weird sort of like enchanted cottage dollhouse situation in the shadow of trunchbull's ghostly mansion mm-hmm. and you're just like okay what is going on with the like rampant queer energy here where it's sort of like we have to destroy this like incredibly masculine lesbian in order to like allow these sweet soft femmes to live in peace <laughs> like
0: yeah we have to destroy the heterosexual parent unit on the one hand and we
1: have
0: yeah they just fuck off and we have Mm -hmm. to destroy yeah the butch you know as well and like it really is like I hadn't kind of thought of this but like aside from Mr. Wormwood like there's no men no
1: men here anywhere
0: yeah
1: yeah Yeah. and there's very few boy children except for again uh our hero Bruce Bogtrotter who uh
0: yeah. yeah and That's Mikey her, her brother oh her brother of but they're course. kids but yeah. like it would be so easy for part of the narrative of a sort of Hollywoodified version of this to be like and she has to help Miss Honey fall in love with the math teacher, you know? Right, it, right, There's no, no.
1: I mean, it's absolutely. It's a world where we feel safe by excising masculinity. And it, by you know, not recreating,
0: she doesn't make yeah. herself a new set of
1: parents. No, as no. Just, this is this is totally why. It, this is totally why it's a queer utopia. Is that it's like we have to escape the nuclear family in a way, both as children. Mm-hmm. in order to recreate something that's shaped totally different
0: yeah I mean because it really is like Miss Trunchbull has Miss Honey's money and house like right. she has kicked her out of the house but because right. Miss Honey is still in some way a child she can't move on and create her own life without the sort of parental support right that she needs from that money in that house Right,
1: right, right, right. And it's like, you know, her just inheritance and everything. Right, like
0: she can't move away and just be like, whatever, fine. I'll just go be a teacher somewhere else and like start my own life and do my own shit. Like for whatever reason, she has to remain anchored. Right, that's why there's
1: a sort of dark enchantment quality to it that has to be like, the, the sort of spell has to be broken, you know? And I mean, like, and that's that's the vibe of it hardcore and i mean i kept fixating on the fact that the the emblem of that inheritance that like you know the the thing that that matilda saves for her is her doll her yeah. childhood doll that trunchbull wouldn't let her leave with yeah and it's like this is a small child literally risking life and limb to save the porcelain doll of her best friend who is ostensibly an adult woman
0: yeah yeah well and again like it's and as well as like miss honey like when they find the chocolate box that yes Ms. trunchbull guarded like this her awe and fear of like oh i couldn't God, possibly it's still so
1: sad the, i know the trauma of miss honey being like i'll put it back but then she'll know it was moved So then
0: like what should i i'll sneak back in in the night and you're just like jesus honey, christ literally honey, honey. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it goes back to what we were kind of joking about at the beginning of like the narration describes it as like, Miss Honey had a dark secret. It's funny because the dark secret is nothing she did. Nothing yes. that's wrong with her. but talking about it is this like enchantment is yeah. like the dark secret of her curse. You it know? has
1: it has fairy tale logic.
0: Yeah, it yeah. does. It does it does.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm interested to the degree that this became a Trunchbull rehabilitation campaign there for a second.
0: It, it <laughs> I mean, I'm trying, I just, it's less of trying to rehabilitate her and more be yeah. like, it's just sort of irredeemable on some level.
1: It is. Well, it is. That's what's interesting about it is like, we're here. We still love the movie, but there is something really, it's like, you know, I mean, a lot of things are gay about it, but one of them
0: is that evil lesbian who's in charge of everything. And also, like, now that, like, if I, there's no reason it can't, she can't be, like, a terrifying femme. Like, you know, in lipstick and, like, a sexy athletic outfit, you know? Right, she could be. You know what's
1: interesting is, like, there's something that's, that's in a way that pulls me back into the, it's why we love, why are all these women married so much? It's like, there's something a little bit fabulous about how unfeminine she is. Yes. And... It's just interesting that we get stratified into this good evil dichotomy that happens to fall along these, like, incredibly overt, like, butch femme lines.
0: Yeah, well, it's funny because that's just made me remember there's, like, a, the little moment when Miss Honey goes to Matilda's house, and yes. Matilda's mom, who's, like, this. trashy American, you know, bleach blonde hair, like, yes, stilettos, is like, well, yes. some of us chose looks, and some of us chose books, and then the joke yes. is, like, she's ugly, too, and Miss yes. Honey's very pretty, and so it is, it's a very, very narrowly policed line mm. of acceptable appearances for women in yes. this, this here tale. Yeah, it's true. You know
1: what's interesting about that though? That moment stuck out in my head really intensely, but I, not in that respect. It it just made, I wrote down like the thing of why does Matilda's mother immediately sense a difference between Miss Honey and
0: herself? Yeah, I mean, probably well, it's just know? clothes. <laughs> partly it's clothes,
1: um, because Miss, Miss Honey does, I mean, she's, Emmett Davis, it's incredibly beautiful, but, uh, Miss Honey is dressed in the, I'm, I'm gonna guess regulated uniform of all 90s teachers, which yes. is, like, a sort of soft canvas, like, yeah, <laughs> dress a that falls, like, like a
0: mid-calf, mid-calf, dress or a skirt, yeah, uh, you know, in a palette of various soothing colors, yeah, 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 sort of a
1: soft pastel cotton energy, but, um, it is interesting,
0: though, that mm-hmm. Matilda's mother is immediately like, you, not a real woman. Well, and it's like, yeah, the clear implication of like, you'll never get a man. I think she might say that. Uh, I think she does. She's like, well, look at me. I have a family and a house. And of yeah. course, like, the joke is that it, the
1: viewer is looking with Miss Honey's eyes at what Mrs. Wormwood has and is like, this is trash and you are garbage. And so yes. it's, it, it's interesting that, that it's like, no one would ever want this family. You shouldn't choose this.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, but it is. I mean, it's the it's the Miss Trunchbull joke in the other direction mm-hmm. of like, yeah, no, no, no. You can be too sort of trashy and feminine too. It's true. It's true.
1: Yeah, in such a there are such a limited number of adults in the
0: world of it that it is because
1: yeah. like the only examples that we have are of of womanhood are Missus Wormwood and Miss Honey and Miss Trunchbull.
0: Yeah, and then we have Mister Wormwood and the cops. <laughs> I love
1: him so much. Honestly, just like respect Danny DeVito for putting yourself in this insane film and knowing exactly what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's brilliant.
0: He's very good. It is completely nonsensical that he does the voice, the voiceover narration, but you could tell he just wanted to. <laughs>
1: I love it so much. Actually, speaking of the voiceover narration, we skipped over in the very beginning something that I, this is just totally incidental, but something that I thought about a lot is that I think the first words are of the movie are Danny DeVito saying every human being is unique Mm. and then it pans out on this huge group of babies and it talks about like everyone being different and I was like what an interesting place to start this story in terms of like you know we're already thinking about what is different about this child or whatever and it's like so interesting to start the tale from the place of like differences is okay and like yeah. you know I don't
0: know it's interesting the focus on it the is,
1: individual of like
0: yeah and it's funny because that's not the problem <laughs> like as we've no. said Matilda's parents hate her before she has she's one of that sea of babies yep. when they decide they hate her and obviously there's various times in which the kind of point of conversation is how Matilda feels out of place in her own family right but like right that one gets a feeling there's no, like she couldn't have grown into someone her parents liked because they no. disliked her from the beginning.
1: Yes, and- yeah, yeah
0: there's later that voiceover where he says Matilda
1: already knew that she was different from her family or whatever. And you do, it's that, that thing we talked about before of like the sense that that difference is like inexorable. Like it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's like, sort of, it is the problem, but it's also not the problem because like Miss Trunchbull hates her and doesn't know anything about her. She doesn't know why she's different except for that at some point she's like, Oh, you are the daughter of the guy who sold me that crappy car, but that's nothing to do. It's like, it's like, obviously the thing that Miss Honey notices in her is her uniqueness it's like I don't know like I just think that's not what I think the kind of question of the story is I know the problem isn't really that like I think Matilda becomes who she is because her family situation sucks right not her family situation sucks because of who she is right that like yes, of course yes. like the clear idea is that like her powers I mean they say this like there's the thing of like it said that yeah. humans only use a tiny percentage of their brain and who knows yes. if Matilda would have learned how to use her you know great that's strength right. of mind without you know right. her family sucking so much I don't remember what the quote is now Gosh, yeah. um, that- and so it's the idea that like she's sort of forged in an adversity and that's where her powers came from
1: It's so interesting that because it made me think of that. There's a moment later when she's having some conversation with Miss Honey where she says, I didn't think grownups were afraid of anything. And Miss Honey says, like, (laughs) you know, no grownups are like, afraid of things all the time just like children are Mm -hmm. and that's like a big adjustment of concept for Matilda yeah and then I think at the end of that conversation there was a line that I don't think I had ever noticed before because it's almost off camera Mm. it's like the camera is following it's when Miss Honey is like come over to my house and Matilda's like okay and so it's when they're first going to the little house and then they're going to walk by Trunchbull's house and whatever um it's when Matilda is trying to explain to Miss Honey about her powers and Miss Honey doesn't believe her yet yes There's a moment where Matilda says, um, she says, I feel the strongness. She says something, something, and then I feel the strongness. And I believe I could move almost anything
0: in the world. I was just thinking about this moment too, because the shot is they're leaving the school and Miss Honey's walking and Matilda's sort of doing this funny little like skip (laughs) walk next to her. And she says, I feel the strongness. And it's the only moment in the movie, I think where you really see, this is an adult and a, child. and a child. Yeah, It is like the only time yeah, I know. that Matilda fully seems like unselfconsciously, like a little, little kid.
1: Yes. And related to that, and also just the phrasing of her experience of her own power Mm-hmm. which is such a in you know forged in adversity et cetera, but her experience of her own power in her body I feel the strongness while yeah. she's bouncing along something about that is more heartbreaking to me than any other thing in the film
0: yeah it's because she just see it's again it's she the all the self-sufficiency it is just like a six-year-old yeah. trying to use their limited vocabulary to explain the things inside them to an adult yes as she's just kind of skipping along like unselfconsciously Man. like yeah, I,
1: I, you just want to, you just want to squish her. I mean, the thing is, it's just like, fuck, the world is hard. Like, feel the strongness, kid, man. Feel like
0: strongness.
1: It's just the most, uh, you is. know? And that's the thing too, is that like, at some point, either before or after that, right before or right after, Miss Honey has that thing where she says like, I think in, the, in that other conversation, she says most adults, like lots of adults don't feel powerful at all or something. Mm-hmm. And then Matilda talks about feeling powerful. And I mean, that to me is where it really set up like, this is not a rescue in the conventional sense. Like it really is like Matilda rescues Miss Honey. Like she's the one with the power. And the thing is like, Miss Honey also had a terrible childhood and she's not magic. Like, yeah, she need, you know, like she needs to be rescued. Matilda's special and, Matilda she, is can, and special. she can do it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, there's something really interesting about that.
0: Yeah. And like to return to the thing that we said at the very beginning, like Matilda yeah. and Miss Honey are unique in that there was something her parents sensed about Matilda before she yes became who she was she always was going to not fit in this family
1: that's right right and that weird like recognition moment that they have right at the beginning about the Dickens and stuff where it's like yeah okay this is the kind of like this is the family you're supposed to be in and it feels like that version of a meet cute in that kind of way of they're both like this is the family I'm supposed to be in. And then the entire rest of the narrative is about making that happen. But it's like Mm -hmm. mostly affected by the child, which is why it's such a strange story, really. Yeah. And then they end up in like, and then they end up in the right family, but not, not in a do-over sense, you know what I mean? It's like, you can't, that's the thing that's so interesting about it is that like, this is where, like we said, like this is where you have to end up, but it's not gonna make the- T- terrible stuff that happened go away you know
0: yeah though it feels like we've been saying it feels more like a do-over for miss honey who yes. gets to be gets to redo her childhood but not alone now in the company of another child
1: yeah i know yeah that's good mm-hmm. and matilda gets a roommate <laughs> and matilda an incredibly competent mini adult gets a roommate but at least we've defeated the adults who hate children and escaped the nuclear family
0: and that that is gay it's a different it's a different it's funny like I don't know why on some like even having just talked about for an hour like on some level I still don't know why this movie speaks to the lesbians and bisexual millennials of the world close but yeah it's (laughs) (laughs) It's Miss Honey. It is Miss Honey, both as fantasy of the teacher you wanted to be best friends with slash were in love with and also just yep. how she is now looking at her as an adult. <laughs> yes, that too. That
1: too. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think it's like we said on the emotional level. It's like the, the Joe March thing of like, it's a lonely child like harry potter but stopping before the alternative family gets ruined it's a a girl you know and a girl and you know yeah the fantasy of the lonely child getting the outcome that they deserve and not having to be
0: policed by any oppressive structures anymore including Mm -hmm. normal families and also like on some level even though she gets along fine at school like not not having to make yourself fit in with other kids in order to get that yeah like yeah it's cool that you feel you at age seven connect better with adults and with other kids. A delusion I certainly held, you know? 100% it's all the, of my
1: best friends when I was seven were like 80 year old men.
0: It's the love story of the kids who spend recess in the teacher's room. <laughs> and on that note, that's okay. Thank gay. you <laughs> so much for joining us. As usual, you can find us on Instagram. Yeah yes you can at this movie is gay podcast or on twitter at this movie is underscore gay uh you can leave a rating a review subscribe on Do the it. podcast purveying platform of your choice we apologize for the slightly irregular service of late we are trying to get back on track but yes. uh we'll see how that goes <laughs> um <laughs> regular service makes us sound like a local bus we are we are the local bus of podcasts and we will be back in your feed at some point